and turning your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 17. We have entered the second half of this study. We have gone from doctrine to duty, and our duty tonight we're going to share is out with the old and in with the new. One of the blessings that I received when, when the Lord let me come to Lakeway was going to church camp. In almost 40 years, I had never been to church camp in my life. Now, it's the hottest five days of the year out in the woods with dozens of third graders through 12th graders. And there was a lot I had to learn about it, but I love it. I'll tell you what, though, there are some little things about going to camp that are very, very important. I made one mistake my first year, and I didn't make that mistake again. I haven't made it in the last nine or ten and that was not packing enough clothes. My first year, I didn't pack enough clothes. You know, I would, it's, you walk out of your cabin and, and you're just raining in sweat. So I took an average of about two showers a day. And I started getting anxious when I looked at my sock section and it got low really early in the week. So I would get refreshed I would be cleansed, and then I would go to get ready, and I would just look at those dirty socks down there. And they were either wet from water or wet from sweat. There was sand all over the campground, so I had wet, sandy, dirty socks that I had to put on. Just from the ankles down, it ruined that cleansing that I got from head to toe. It was a long walk to chapel for about the last three nights of camp as I walked in those socks. It just, it just ruined everything. And to think about that, and to think about you and I being saved, and God cleansing us in a bloodbath in His Son... Cleansing us and making us white as snow. He cleansed us from sin. He cleansed us from death. He gave us eternal life. He gave us a new white robe of righteousness. Spiritually speaking to put on. And what do Christians sometimes do? Put on some old, drab, musty, dirty grave clothes. Over that robe of righteousness. It doesn't belong. We have been cleansed by the Lord. And yet that's what a Christian can do. We started the second half of this study. As we talked about our duty. And we talked about our belief. And that belief affects our behavior. The saved have a saved life to live. Yet Christians get off track. We can get off track sometimes. It doesn't have to be this way, but it happens. 
We are in a battle. We are in a struggle. Galatians 5.17 tells us of our struggle that, that you might hear some people say we're not in, but you find it right there in the letter from Paul to the churches at Galatia when he writes and he says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these two are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. I don't like it that we're in a struggle, but I was so glad when I learned what's going on with us as a Christian. We were not perfect, and we have these tendencies, we have these temptations, we're in a battle. We weren't in a battle before we were saved. We were children of the devil. We were tainted by the sin of Adam. We had no battle going on at that time. But now that we are in one, we have help for our struggle. And we find three things we're going to look at in verses 17 uh, through 24. First look with me in verses 17 through 19. What kind of help do we receive? Well, Paul writes to Ephesus and says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart." who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. We have, we have a reminder here that we're always to acknowledge that sin that, that goes on, that, that temptation that happens in our lives. That's what we have here. But in looking at this, praise the Lord, we can say that's what we were. Now, all of us were here at one time. People have said, well, I just I believed in Jesus all my life. Well, you were born in Adam's sin is what everybody has had happened to them. And they had to be born again in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we were. This is yesterday, if you will. We were in the world. We were of the world. We lived like the world. We were spiritually dead. We were dominated by our sin nature. And there was no struggle at all with Satan as our father. We were separated from God. We were a lost sinner. Our minds were corrupt. Sin tainted our every thought. And selfishness always influenced our thinking and our decisions. In a lost condition, the heart is blind and calloused and stubborn and will not embrace the truth. And the unsaved sinner is trapped in darkness. The lost life is a sinful life and works really hard at sinning. We're dead in our sins before coming to Christ. It kind of reminds me of something that some of us are going to do next month. We'll give 
some cut flowers to someone, someone we care about. And man, don't they look beautiful and they're expensive. They're more expensive at a certain time next month and they smell so good. They look just like those that are attached in the ground initially. But the moment that those flowers are cut, the fellowship with their life source is cut off. So what we're really going to do is give a bouquet of death to someone. Have you ever thought about cut flowers that way? There's no life in them, though they look good, though they look like other flowers for a time. And that's the unsaved. The unsaved are dead in sins, separated from life source. That's what we were. And we would have never become better. We would have just become worse and worse on our own. My friend says, I, I, know that, I know that I was working for the devil and I would have been one of his, his uh, sergeants by now. I would have been high in his ranking. But we would have truly never become better. I think about a fellow that, that I grew up with. And I was driving the car one night. And we're going down the road. And all of a sudden he pulls out a pistol and he rolls down the window and he shoots the speed limit sign. That made me as nervous as can be. But I was trying to play it as cool as I could until I got out of that car. A couple of, And I got out and I never got back in. A couple of years later, that escalated with him and his friends into going down to Highway 90 where you can drive underneath there. And they were making target practice at the cars going by. You understand, sin gets deeper and it gets darker the more we practice sin in our lives. We would have never become better. But Jesus, Jesus saved us. He saved us from sin and we became a new creature. We're not everything we ought to be, but we're not what we once were. We do, we do not have that position any longer. We received a new nature, Peter tells us, a divine one, and it has changed our behavior. We are not bound to that dead-end life any longer. We are washed and we are cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. We consider everything that Jesus has done for us and provided for us and the way he saved us and the way he has, is sanctifying us. And, and you might ask, who would be bought with this Lamb's blood and go back to that way of living. Understand, we have a reminder here and we need to recognize that temptation always is. But who would regress and put that behavior back on? Who would go back from being cleansed to putting on those sweaty socks? Regressing in the mud and the mire. Look, that's what we were. But we have learned Christ. There are those 
who have never truly been saved. They haven't learned Christ as we see in verse 20. Look, it says, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him. We've learned Christ. We've heard him and we have been taught by him. And isn't Jesus a great teacher? Isn't he a wonderful savior? He has saved us. We have moved on from what we were. And we, we need to be reminded of the temptation that takes place. But we are no longer what we were. And we can look at what we have become. We have been saved by Christ. We're a new creation And we have been changed. We're dead to sin and alive unto God. The old desires of the flesh, they are still around and they shall be while we are on this earth. But those old desires that that are still within and residing in the flesh, they no longer have to control our lives. And we're commanded by the Lord that they wouldn't. We're commanded to no longer live that way as the Gentiles walk. There's a new way of living that the Lord has given for you and I. We've been converted and we've been empowered. And we have been called to live life differently from the world. Some people seem to be scared of that thought. I tell you what, I'll never forget a a music uh, CD I was listening to in the garage. Tony Manis sent it down from Ohio. And a woman's given testimony on it. And she says, I thank the Lord that I'm different. I want to be different. And I praise Him that He's made me different. That's what God has called us to be. He has called us to be different from the world. There are many, many souls that have not come to Christ as Lord and Savior and they blame it on a Christian. They blame it on a Christian showing them nothing different than what they are as an unsaved person. God has called us to be different for ministry. God has called us to be different to empower the witnessing of the message of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been called to live differently from the world. We must admit that we are tempted to sin. We must admit that it's always there, but always acknowledge the person who has defeated our sin for us, our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6:11 says, "Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God." Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin is always present. We are always going to be tempted to sin while we are on this earth. But being in Christ, so is the power of God present in our lives. He has saved us from the penalty of sin and he is saving us from the power of sin. He is able to do so and that's his plan. We're not perfect yet but we've got some progress going on when we are walking in newness of life 
with the Lord. We are never going to be sinless on this earth. You know, there are those who believe in sinless perfection. And guess what? None of them that say that have reached it yet. And neither has anyone else upon this earth. That's not going to happen in our lives. We are not going to arrive there. But we're not practicing sin the same way that we were. We're not doing it with the same attitude as a child of God when we are living according to his plan. It's not the same as it once was. The residue of sin still remains, but the Redeemer has regenerated you and I, and we are not trapped as... Time was in the past for us. Once we're saved, look, we can know that we're tempted. We can look back at what we once were. And we need to be reminded of the temptation that's always going to be there. We need to acknowledge that we're tempted. Paul did. David did. We need to acknowledge our temptation. We need to acknowledge and confess our sin. But we need to... Realize and think about what we've what we've become, but not only what we've become, but what we're becoming. Once someone trusts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is something that they are. They are a child of God. You are not just called a child of God. You are a child of God. Your position in eternity is in heaven. Our conversation, way of life, is to be like that of the Lord. Our citizenship is already in heaven as children of God. There is something that you became when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is also something that you and I are becoming. And we see this in verses 22 through 24. It says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Duty, our duty for this chapter and the next two chapters. And we see some duty that God has given you and I here. And the first thing we see is that we put off the old man. In Christ, we grow in continual likeness to him. It's something that we can only do in his power, but it's something that he gives you and I decisions in. He would have you and I to put effort forth into what he has called us to. There's some things that he lets us know that he has done himself for us. And then there's other things that he gives you and I to do. Pastor Stone made a statement one time and I wrote it down. And he says it's true that we can't do anything without Christ. But there are things that he won't do without us. So what we see here, we're told that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. 
We're to put off the old man. The old man of the flesh. What we were before we were saved. And everything that goes along with it. And what came along with that was deception. And defilement. And destruction of the old man. It was destroying us. We're to cast him away. We've been given that from the Lord. Empowered by him to be able to do. It was impossible to strip away the old man before we were saved. And we didn't want to do that. But now we can. And we're commanded to. And we see the depravity of the old man. And what the old man causes. And so we're not to let sin therefore reign in our mortal bodies any longer. You know, when we think about the old man, we think about the disgust and the, the detestable things that we were. You know, you might ask, you know, who who would put on those grave clothes over that snow white robe of righteousness? And that's a good question. But all in all, what we see by experience is that Christians do this. Christians resort and regress Back to the old man sometimes. It, it doesn't have to happen. It shouldn't happen. But it happens all the same. That's why we have a constant reminder from God's word. That we're to steadily put off the old man. And we can't put off the old man without intake from God's word. It's something that he's given us to do. But it's with the spiritual weapons from heaven that we would do that with. The old man doesn't have to be invited back in to take over. All we have to do is neglect the spiritual things of God for him to come back in and take over. And we'll see it when he does. We'll see it when he does. We'll know it by the thinking that we go through. We'll, we'll know it by the actions that we have. And the motions that we start to live in. The decisions that we start to make. The old man wants to come in and take over again. The old man's been crucified with Christ, but granddaddy said he raised from the dead so quick you wouldn't believe it. And when we put him off once, he's going to try to keep on coming back. This is something continual in our lives. There is the continual need for the word of God throughout our lives. It's a desperate desire for us to have. It's a command that God has given us that we need to obey to put off the old man. And we can. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Don't you know tonight that truth transforms the mind? Aren't you glad at what the intake of what God has breathed as he speaks to us? Aren't you glad what it does to the mind and those thoughts that arise? Those thoughts will be back later. The flesh is always at work against us. But praise God for his truth that sanctifies. Praise God for his truth that renews us. We can be renewed in the spirit of our minds. To think, to act, to decide differently. 
than those who live in the vanity of their minds. That's where we once were before we were saved. We can get our minds right. There's a preacher on the radio. He's actually a real good preacher. And even though he's an older man, he works out. He goes to the gym and he has a trainer. And as soon as he walks in the door, that trainer looks up and, and he says, do you have your mind right? Do you have your mind right? Because you're not going to have success here today if you don't have your mind right. Are you ready to do what you have signed up to do here today? The trainer preaches the preacher a sermon when he comes in the door. The trainer asks the preacher, do you have your mind right? Because of how important it will be for his workout. When we get our minds right, we can live right. That's not the power. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I don't believe in that. But I believe in what the Bible does to our minds. I believe in how right the word of God can set us straight. So that we can live for the Lord. We must have this. We are called to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And we can be. And it takes the word of God to do so. Colossians chapter 3 says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. We can get our mind right. We can be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Not only can we put off the old man and be renewed in the spirit of our minds, but in verse 24, it says, put on the new man. We are commanded, instructed here, to put on the new man. God has told us to put on the new man. Isn't it good to know that when we're given a command by God in the Bible, we know we can carry it out. Because God makes sense in all He does. He's fair. He knows that we can do whatever He leads us to do. He enables us and empowers us to do the impossible that would be in the norm for us. But he gives us everything to do that we need to do. And we can put on the new man. A new man came to live within when we were saved. There was a holy person that came to live in our lives when we were saved. Christ in you is the hope of glory, Colossians 1 says. And Christ has come to live in our life. And we can now choose by God's command to walk in newness of life. And to walk in his righteousness. And to walk in his holiness. It says in verse 24. And that you put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We are becoming more in the likeness of God. As we grow. As we put off the old man. As we put on the new man. As we walk in newness of life. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. All the time. And that is God's plan that we would it's a miracle that we can but God works that miracle in our lives but he gives us that decision to do this he lays before us this wonderful plan and he says put off the old man and put on the new man so we can become more like Christ every day Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 2, 
verse 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We've been delivered from our sins we have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have been directed by God's word to live different from the world. And he's given us everything we need to do so. And it's for an amazing plan so that others can see Christ in us, that they might be saved out with the old and in with the new. It's God's plan. It's his instruction. And so I sit to myself and ask myself questions when I study this. So I'll leave those with you as we start to close. How are we doing with living differently? Are we receiving the continual help for our heart and our minds that we need to fulfill this duty? Are we obeying the Lord? Are we passionate about being different? Different from those in the world. We're, are we daily putting off the old man and his deeds? You know, just when we think we've conquered him, there he arises. And there he comes right back. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And this is something that you and I can continually do. If the old man has constantly had control for years and years over again, then, then there's an issue with God not fulfilling that plan of sanctifying us and setting us apart to live for his glory. We have to examine ourselves to see if we're truly saved. If that new man has never been put on. A lot of people would like to be content with mental consent to Jesus Christ. People would say, I don't believe in evolution. I'll tip my hat to Jesus Christ. I'll kind of think that way. But it's more than something mental that happens. It's a change that takes place in our life. When we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is making us something we have never been before. We are becoming someone we could have never been on our own. That's what happens when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to save us from our sins. He is working to make us different. If we are saved and we're not becoming different, we are fighting God and we're in a miserable condition. But if it's something that someone can easily go on and just go on in everyday life, tipping their hat to Jesus Christ, but there is no change in your life, the news flash is, Jesus Christ 
is in the transformation business. He loves us just as we are, but He loves us too much to leave us as we are. And we see in His Word that He does not leave His children as we are. We will submit to His molding of the clay in our lives, or we will painfully go through it. But He changes His children. He makes us different. Just, just now tonight, before coming in here, I, uh, I thought about a song that Kaylee Stone has sang before. I, I first heard it here. And uh, some of the words are, I want to be different. I want to be changed till all of me is gone and all that remains is a fire so bright the whole world can see that there's something different. So come and be different in me. That's what the Lord says to you and I. That's his plan. That's how he will receive his glory. He's given this duty to you and I. To out with the old and in with the new. Put off the old man, and put on the new. And that's something that you and I can do every day in the Lord. Amen? All right.